0: Well, you've heard me mention his name now a few times, but Pastor Don, Reverend Don Miller, is here today. I have known Don for many years when he led the youth group here. I think I came with Tanya once, when that's my sister-in-law, when you were leading the youth group. And then he was interim, and then he was senior pastor, and now you're my daughter's boss, because my daughter works for tear fund and just says amazing things absolutely adores working with you and wayne and just loves it so i would like to introduce reverend don miller to us although most of you already know him so let's welcome him here this morning
1: wow carlene that just all means we're getting old doesn't it (laughs) it is great to be with you here this morning and i just want to start off by saying A huge thank you to those of you that support the work and ministry of Tear Fund Canada. We cannot do our work without your partnership with us. You know, as I think about our tagline, our tagline is following Jesus to where the need is greatest. And as you support our work and ministry, you're following Jesus to where the need is greatest. And so a huge thank you to you for that. As we're celebrating our indigenous brothers and sisters, I'm so pleased to tell you this morning that we're actually launching our second Buffalo project coming up in November at Wichicon Lake in Saskatchewan and just north of Saskatoon. And so we're so glad to be able to do that. And again, as you support the work of ministry of Tear Fund, you're supporting initiatives like that right here in Canada to see what God might continue to do as we work alongside our indigenous brothers and sisters. I am just back from Ethiopia. You know, and as I worship with you folks this morning, I'm just struck again, just the, the difference in our world, right, it would, it's just so unbelievable in terms of, you know, three weeks ago, I was worshiping in a little mud church in southern Ethiopia, and uh, just such a beautiful service. And then here I am this morning at Arlington Woods in our glorious, beautiful sanctuary, and worshiping with folks online, and just a beautiful service. And so, it's so great that we serve the same God. And as I always say to our brothers and sisters in Ethiopia, I am so looking forward to the day when We're all together around the throne, all speaking the same language and worshiping the same God. Isn't that going to be a beautiful day? and I hope you anticipate it as well in terms of what that's going to look like. As I was with my brothers and sisters in Ethiopia though, uh, we were staying at a hotel and, and uh, the particular town that our project partner is in has just been made the seat of local government. And so it means there's a lot of government officials around at this time in that town. And so I came out one morning to be picked up by our partners and there was a lot of guys around with you know AK-47s and all the important people were there. And I turned to my, my partner who was picking up me up that morning and I said there's a lot of important people here this morning but aren't you glad that we serve the most important to which he turned to me and he said and we have the privilege of serving the poor that makes us the greatest of the great is not that neat and as you partner with fun Canada you are joining us to be like Christ, and what a privilege it is for us to be in that place. As you continue in this sermon series you're in, and as I talk about Tear Fund this morning, we're going to reflect on a very important question, and the question is this, who is my neighbor? Now I don't know if that's something that you often think about. But, you know, as we think about our world, there are many challenges in our world. And a little bit later, I'm going to be talking about Kenya. And it's maybe sometimes hard for us to imagine that our friends in Kenya are our neighbors. Just as much as the people who live next door to you are your neighbor. And perhaps often what we think about is we simply think about the neighbors who live next door to us rather than thinking about those who live around the world. This question, who is my neighbor, has reverberated throughout church history since the time of Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus was once asked by a religious expert this exact same question. Who is my neighbor? This question, which may seem simple at first glance, actually carries profound significance in our daily lives as followers of Jesus. If you're anything like me when you first reflect on the question you're immediately taken to the people who live across the street and in our neighborhood the neighbors just put their house up for sale and so you know we're kind of watching the people who are potentially buying the house you know are these going to be good neighbors right and that's usually what we do as we think about people who live in our neighborhood. And generally speaking, people in our neighborhoods, they kind of think like us, they maybe even look like us, they have some of the similar values that we do. It's why they're living in our neighborhoods. But this simple question has deep significance, and Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, responded with the parable of the good Samaritan. And there, in that familiar story, the parable of the Good Samaritan, I know that most of us, as I kind of mentioned the Good Samaritan, most of us are going back to Sunday school or some other places right we 're thinking about people who used to act out the story of, of the Good Samaritan, and maybe at, at first reflection we 're like, "Yeah, I, I know all about that story i 'm very familiar with it well i 'm praying this morning that perhaps God would open our eyes in some new ways and some fresh ways as we dig in a little bit to this story and and so I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. And just before we dig into the, this beautiful parable, I want to say to you this morning that as you're supporting the work of Tearfund Fund Canada, Tearfund Fund Canada is immersed in thinking about those neighbors in the global south. We're immersed in thinking about those who are living in extreme poverty. We are immersed in dealing with those who are constantly worried about the weather and ravages of climate change and and all those sort of things. We are dealing with those who are facing the the conflict uh, and and implications of war. And, And as Eddie was talking about Ukraine in the prayer time, and some of us forget that the war in Ukraine has incredible implications in the global south and lack of food, and lack of oil, and all that other stuff because of the conflict in Ukraine. And we're dealing with those as parents who are struggling to ask themselves the question, which mouths do I feed today? Because there simply is not enough food. And so you are invited today, as we dig into this parable, to be thinking about, how do I go beyond church walls, and personal walls? And how do I think in fresh ways about my neighbors? And so Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, and and let's just hear from God today. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, and so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for my extra expen- any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. In this familiar parable, Jesus tells the story of a man who was robbed and beaten as he was traveling that road between Jerusalem and Jericho. The road was a dangerous road. There were many opportunities on that road where people could hide and and jump out and rob people. The terrain would have been desolate. It was a setting that those listening in that day could very easily imagine. A priest and a Levite, both respected people in society passed by without offering any help. But then a Samaritan, a Samaritan, a Samaritan, a member of a despised and marginalized group comes upon the wounded man. And despite their differences and prejudices, the Samaritan's heart is filled with compassion. It's very interesting to me as I read this story and I, and I look at all the different responses to this wounded man. For the expert in the law, the wounded man was a, a subject to discuss. Let, let's debate this. Let's figure this out. To the robbers, the wounded man was a, a person to exploit. We're, we're going to get something here. To the religious man, well, the, the wounded man was simply a, a problem to be avoided at all costs. To the innkeeper, well, there, there was some money to be made here on the wounded man. And to the Samaritan, he was a human being. A human being who is worthy to be cared for and loved and spoken into. And of course, overseeing all of that is our incredible Heavenly Father, who knows all people at all times in all ways and in all things and loves all desperately and dearly. And so those hearing that parable on that day as as Jesus was having this exchange with the religious expert, they would have been beautifully drawn into the story as the scene unfolds. And it was so unexpected and radical to their everyday thinking. And so as we reflect on, on the story this morning, what is the lesson that God would have us to take home with us? Well, I think as you kind of look in on the Scripture, there are many lessons that kind of jump out here for us. But I would say that the central message is about being a good neighbor. Now, I know that at Arlington Church, that's something that you folks have have thought a lot about, especially as the tornado went through these parts, and you thought about how do we reach out into our neighborhoods and and be good neighbors to people. I know that as that happened out in, in our neighborhood, uh our neighbors directly across the street because the par was out and they hadn't replaced the battery in their garage door opener. They couldn't get into their house. And so we looked out and we saw them struggling and, and so we invited them in. We gave them something to eat. A few days later when the power still wasn't back on, we offered our shower. We're simply trying to be good neighbors. And Jesus challenges us in this little story to redefine our understanding of neighborliness. He shows us that being a good neighbor is not restricted to those who look like us, speak like us, or even share our beliefs. Can we just let that sink in? Let's just sit there for a second. Being a good neighbor means extending kindness, love, and assistance to all, especially those in need, regardless of our own personal background or societal status. Now let's be vulnerable for a second. Is this easy? No. No. Is this easy? No. Do you find it easy? Well, deep down, no, right? And yet this is the very thing that Jesus calls us to. The very people in this story who we thought would have found this easy, the religious people, no, it wasn't easy. So here's the, here's the reality of the situation and what should be jumping out at us from the Scriptures It is our willingness to act with empathy and kindness that defines our character. When are we most like Christ? When we show the love of Christ? When we follow Jesus to where the need is greatest? The Good Samaritan teaches us to go beyond our differences and prejudices it reminds us that as people who live in this beautiful world, we are all interconnected. And our well-being is tied to the well-being of others. It challenges us to break down barriers that divide and to recognize the inerrant worth and dignity of every human being. Aren't you so shocked how we live in a world that is so... So wanting us to be divided and torn apart and be pulled in so many different directions. And it's in that world and it's with those challenges that we are called to be good neighbors. And so how how does this relate to the work of Tear Fund Canada? Well, we've had the privilege to be longtime partners with many church organizations around the world And one of the core components that we have as we work with our church partners is something called Church-Based Community Transformation. short, we just call it CCT. CCT is a biblical model of development that works with local churches, helping them to go beyond the walls of their community and address the unmet needs of the wider community in physical emotional social and spiritual areas essentially cct is answering the question who is my neighbor one of those places that we've had the privilege to work for for more than 15 years is in kenya In Kenya, we've got a beautiful church partner called Fideli Trust. And they they have been on the ground, connecting with people. Um, Their employees are local experts. They work alongside churches. They speak the languages. They're engaging with people with high levels of poverty, food insecurity, lack of access to education, and definitely economic disempowerment. And Fideli Trust continues to work with those churches through the challenges so that those churches can be successful in the places God has called them to be in the same way that God has called Arlington Woods to be effective in this community living out the call of Christ. I want to show you a little video in a place called McQuinney County. I've been to McQuinney County. I've seen the desperation in McQuinney County. And I hope that you'll be encouraged by this young lady. Her name is Mercy. And uh, you'll be encouraged by her story. Let's watch the video.
0: I was born in 2000. My father died in 2003. After I finished my school, my mother was ill and she left us in 2021. She had a green grocery and after the burial, I started the green grocery to educate my siblings and also to get food from there. After her mother
2: died, Masi took on the sole responsibility of raising her 12 siblings and cousins as well as her own child. But earning enough to feed so many mouths is challenging. The increased cost of living combined with intense droughts means that the family often go without basic necessities
0: due to the high cost of living the food has become high prices so sometimes we do lack food the school fees is also high i'm running a green grocery which has low benefit leading to some coming home for school fees and also skipping some needs like clothing and food but
2: Marcy is determined. Part of Masi's motivation to help her family comes from the memory of her mother.
0: My mom was a loving person, I hope one day I'll be like her. She used to counsel people, helping the needy and loving the orphans. I copied the behavior and decided to stay with my cousins and be one family.
2: Seeing Masi's situation, the Good News Church of Africa, Yinzao, is helping to support Masi and her family. Empowered by the Tia Funds Church-based Community Transformation Training, the Church is providing them with food and other supports. Kanisa, wali, wali chose to support Masi kwa sababu ni total orphan. We na orphan Kanisa. Lakini mashi ni tototo ofan pia breadwinner piandie breadwina Boma. na still ni nyumba ndogo sana iwalia choa kuu watoto wado so kama kanisa wa kachagua tu kachagua kusimama na ile familia.
0: Despite the challenges, the key thing that keeps me going is prayer, and encouragement from the church, my pastor, and some of my friends. The church do help me in prayers, in material things like food. They tell us the word of God, and they keep us going.
2: Tier Fund is working with churches like Marcy's to provide families with physical supports, training in climate-smart agriculture and savings groups, and spiritual care to help people lift themselves out of poverty. For every $1 invested in a church through CCT, a societal value of $211 is created. Local churches are the most effective way to transform a community.
0: My hopes are that I continue with my education career and also to expand my business. To the religious organization in Canada that fundraise to help people in my situation and others in worse situation like mine, I'd like to thank them and appreciate for the work they are doing. May God bless you. As an outpour partner,
2: your monthly contribution of fifty dollars helps your family like Marcy's to lift themselves out of extreme poverty and strengthen the local church to uplift its community. Join an outpour of God's love for families like Marcy's in the world's poorest places. <laughs>
1: Isn't that a great story? To just think about this young lady and where she's come from as her local church and her local pastor has engaged with her. Now, does not anybody else here this morning think it's just a beautiful thing that this church is named the Good News Church, and the pastor's name is Pastor Grace, and she's ministering to mercy. Isn't that beautiful? The ways that God works in, in such surprising ways let's just think about mercy's story for a second she's taking care of 12 people in her household and the reality is is that when her mom died in 2021 she was just overwhelmed by the needs of taking care of 12 people and having been to mcwenny county i can tell you that the struggle is real you know the lack of food the, the lack of rainfall some of these people living in McQuinney County, they dig wells to try and find water, and they, you know, they dig a well 15, 20 feet deep, and they get down there, and it's salt water. Just imagine the discouragement you feel when you dig that well, and it's salt water. And so uh, that's Mercy's story, an incredibly gifted young lady, yet struggling deeply, and in many ways hopeless because of the area that she lived in. Thankfully for Mercy, her local church, Pastor Grace... And the Good News Church responded to her need, just like churches around the world are called to respond to the needs of people in some of their most desperate situations. My colleague was actually at this um, village where Mercy lives, and he said it was just incredible to talk to the pastor and hear the story of how they were overwhelmed with compassion. For this young lady and stepping in to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And in all reality, breaking down the walls. And understanding what it means to be a good neighbor. Going beyond the walls of the church. To reach out into communities like Mercy's community. And so as we think about Mercy's story this morning. And the local church responding as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. What we have in front of us is we have the parable of the Good Samaritan Being worked out in practical ways. But the parable in Luke, it challenges us at Arlington Witch Church this morning to reflect on our own attitudes and actions towards other people. It reveals to us that being a good neighbor goes beyond simple mere proximity to people or shared beliefs, it is rooted in selfless love and acts of kindness towards those in need. The actions of the Good Samaritan embody for us Christian values reminding us that our neighbor is anyone in any place in any circumstance who requires our help. As I mentioned earlier in a world that often emphasizes divisions and self-interest the parable of the Good Samaritan points us as a powerful reminder towards Christ, living out our faith in actions. First John chapter three. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. By doing this, we bear witness to the kingdom of God and become instruments of his mercy and grace. And so my challenge this morning is a challenge that I give every time I talk about the work of Tear Canada. It's for you to join this work and to join us in following Jesus to where the need is greatest. One of those ways that you can join us is becoming an outpour partner with Tear Fund Canada. Our Outpour partners are our monthly donors at Tier Fund Canada. They join us in giving monthly to our work. And it's so significant in being able to have consistent giving to see impact in places like Kenya and other places across the global south. The incredible thing about church and community transformation is for every $1 invested in CCT, there's a $211 return in the local area and the local villages. An incredible way that God works to provide for people in greatest need. This morning as you came in, you would have been given some information about our Outpour Partner Program. I'd love to invite you to become an Outpour Partner with us and to prayerfully consider how God would be calling you to see your neighbors around the world. And in doing so, you are most like Christ. If you're not able to join us as a monthly partner, we have some prayer cards at the back as well. We'd love for you to join our prayer team and join us in that way of joining the work that God is already doing through local churches around the world. Isn't it neat to think that the largest service agency on planet Earth is the local church? And God is using His church to build His kingdom and to break down walls and to reach out to those in greatest need thank you so much for joining me to break down those walls and to be good neighbors to those in the global south as well as right here in Arlington woods let's pray together father in heaven we thank you for the opportunity that is ours this morning to hear beautiful stories like mercy's story and we're encouraged by pastors like pastor grace who go above and beyond to see the incredible needs and brokenness in their local contexts. But Father, we recognize today that there are people living in extreme poverty uh, right around our world. We think of those in, in places that are ravaged by war today. We think of those who don't have enough food. We think of young children living on the streets. And Father, it's easy for us to maybe pass over some of these things, but may they be a part of our story as we think about the, the reality of the good Samaritan and the lesson of being a good neighbor. Thank you for what you can do in us and through us as we respond to your word, because we want to be people of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.